Hello and welcome to GasCast. In this episode, we're going to be dissecting the fallout from Ken Masters' resignation. For those of you living under a rock, on April Fool's Day, Ken Masters, the now former elected sports club director to the board, published his resignation saying that his position has become untenable, a year on from his last invitation to a board meeting. Masters states that he'd been given no good reasons as to why he's been excluded from board matters and was asked in November to stand down as a board member. Has he been treated unfairly or is there more that meets the eye? We asked a representative from the supporters club to appear tonight, but we were told that Masters is doing an exclusive interview with Jeff Twentyman on Saturday. However, I'm pleased to say joining us is Gary Marks, a gas head since the early 70s, Gary was part of the group that founded the Gas Trust in 2002, a vehicle for voicing fans' concerns and for fans to own shares in the football club. They eventually ceased when the boardroom split happened in 2006. So Gary, before we talk about Ken Masters' resignation, could you tell us a little bit more about the Gas Trust? I mean, I have to say I was too young at the time, so I know very little. Yeah, of course, Jack. Um, We basically sort of come together... Uh, the relegation of 2001 and that summer and we were kind of dissecting it and bear in mind a lot's happened since then but at the time that was the first time we were in the fourth tier Mm. let alone the conference and one of the things that myself and a few others were kind of thinking was that we needed an organization that would represent a fan's voice and we've got no beef with the sports club in the stuff that they do well never had that but we felt that in terms of representing fans' views, there needed to be an organisation like an independent supporters association, where a lot of clubs have mm. elsewhere. Um, we looked at different areas, and we were alerted by some mutual friends um, about supporters' trust, which was a growing phenomenon in the early 2000s. And there was government back in through the new Labour government. Um, actually, Andy Burnham was quite heavily involved. Mm. With um, with the funding, and we looked at setting one up at Rovers. Um, this was about October two thousand and one ish. We put the initial feelers out, and and this called this, a public meeting. This would act differently to the supporters' club. Yeah, it was kind of. I mean, with a, with a supporters' trust, the whole ethos of it was around fan representation. Um, and it was about really trying to be a vehicle to buy shares, um, to hit, get vo- a collective voice, almost like a fans' union, I suppose, mm. for, uh, trade union for fans, that sort of thing. Something I've been involved with in the past um, through Football Sports Association. And we did a leafleting at Kidderminster um, in October 2001, just trying to gauge some interest as to that. And... Mm. It was one of the worst performances I've ever seen that day, thankfully, I suppose, in one way. Because what, what, we had one, a, one of many. One of many, but it was a, we had a packed memorial ground mm. two weeks later when we had the open meeting. And then we went away, we set up a constitution, we went back and we launched the Gas Trust formally in the spring of 2002. And we started talking to the club about what we could do to support them. We are supporters at the end of the day to support them financially. But instead of just giving money, we wanted to support financially in terms of shares. Mm. And the share price it was offered to us 
was the same as an individual shareholder, which was £20 a share, which I remember at the time put us on a par with Celtic in terms of share values. Okay. So, um, yeah, we politely turned that down. Yeah. Um, but we carried on negotiating with a few other interested parties. Um, a few months went by. The club was in a lot of debt at the time. Nothing new there either. And we were going ahead merrily, hoping things were, were going well. And unbeknown to us, the club, Strokes and Supporters Club, came together and launched, launched a share scheme, which kind of blew our plans mm. pretty much pretty much out of the water. And, you know, it's a bit, bit of a blow, but we regrouped. And, and, started and, and, and did it look quite differently to how, how you proposed the, the share scheme to, to run? We were never convinced the Supporters Club was the correct vehicle. Mm. Um, yeah, it was a fundraising scheme, effectively. Um, and it did a lot to, to help the club out the hole at the time. Mm. Um, you know, 1 million, 1.2 million, it's not to be sniffed at. But was the Supporters Club the right vehicle for that? Yeah, I'm still I'm still unconvinced. And and, um, and I mean, what have they got in in return for that? I mean, have they actually got a strong I mean, fans' voice? I mean, because so, so with Ken Masters, he he was um, so it's quite long winded the way I put it in the intro, but he, so he's an elected director to it, the board from the sports he, club. He was, and I remember the first meeting when the when the football board offered the supporters club. Um, at the time, it was a full directorship and associate directorship. And the meeting was packed at the MEM. Uh, Ken stood. Mm. Ken, di- Ken didn't put a penny into the share scheme at the time of this launch. Okay. At, the t- at the time of the first vote for supporters directors. Um, luckily, um, and there was... At the time, the supporters club committee or parts of the supporters club committee there was a very very excellent chairman in john Malitsky who became in later years a good friend mm. um but a lot of the old guard of the committee were very wary of the share scheme and they saw it as a way to undermine the football club because for them the supporters club it was purely about supporting the club mm. does that make sense you know mm, yeah. uh, and yeah, there was there was some antagonism between the share scheme committee and the supporters club hierarchy at the time, and it ended up that one supporters club board member um, who passed away was full director, and Kim Stuckey from the share scheme people was an associate director, and he eventually got made to full director mm. fairly soon after. And Kim was excellent. Kim was absolutely everything you would expect from a supporters director he reached out he spoke to different interests he held forums he got all support groups involved presence club even ourselves as gas trust i went with kim to a meeting at ashton gate um about a fans for the future scheme bringing youngsters in and stuff like that in ways we could help on a community front that was the plan and it was all going well and then there was the boardroom split in 2006 Mm. So, um, and and for, hap- for for those who don't really know about the split, what what happened? Um, yeah, there's, there was quite a large board at the time. I think it's like six or seven, and one of the directors, Mike Turr, was sent away with a remit to 
to work on how we could improve revenue streams, sort out losses, etc. And he came back with a plan which wasn't accepted by the chairman at the time um, and was dismissed out of hand without negotiation. And I think he brought, I think he brought Nick Higgs in into the boardroom so it could get voted down. Um, four, of the, four of the board, including Kim Stuckey, walked away, mm-hmm. um, left that boardroom, and that eventually led to Ken joining the support as a supporters director. And I think it was un- unopposed in about 2006, 2007. Yeah, so, so I, mean, that, I mean, that's really interesting. So, I mean, I'm a relatively young gas myself. So 2006, I, I would have been a, a teenager. So I was, I was more interested yeah. in drinking cider, singing songs, as opposed to looking into the politics and behind the scenes. I was nearly 40 and I was still doing that, so no worries. Good man, good man. Um, But I mean, I've not really um, heard much from Ken Masters. I I didn't really know what he did. I didn't know much about the role. So I mean, how effective would you say Ken was in in the role of the sports club? Um, Ken has done some good things at the club. Don't get me wrong. Um, with the community trust side of things especially. That seems to be an area that he put a lot of focus on. But his remit was to represent the supporters of Bristol Rovers Football Club. Um, And with that remit, with what he was supposed to do, he's been been not good at all. I'm trying to be kind. Um, in, I think it's 2007, 2008, there was an extraordinary general meeting where the board wanted to do a share um, dilution mm. um, so they could increase their shareholding. And Ken and the other supporters director at the time both voted in favour. And actually what happened was that the supporters club had raised almost a million pounds mm. and the net shareholding ended up lower when the share scheme started so yeah, actually wow. you know it, it, it ended up to me it was a donation scheme by that time yeah um, so, for- so, so i mean for, for the layman so, so when the shares got diluted what does that mean at, at a um, basically they converted i think there's three motions they converted the shares from pound shares to 10p shares they increased the amount of authorized share capital they could have which means they can release more shares Mm. So, um, what happened? I think the boardroom then bought these extra shares because another thing was that they had to be agreed by the board for anyone to buy shares. So they released these extra shares, they bought them, and then put themselves into a situation where they could go, they could go unchallenged, pretty much. And that was completely backed by the share scheme by Ken. Sorry, and the sports club, which was back, yes, 2007-2008. And that, to me, was not standing up for the little guy. Mm. Um, in 14 years, he's never held a formal fans meeting outside the sports club AGMs. Um, yes, I'm aware that he's available in the bars on most match days, but probably 90% of supporters don't go in the bars yeah. on a match day. You know, personally... Why would, if it was me, I'd go out to the pubs. Mm. You know, I drink in a civil service club. I'll have a lot more respect for somebody who come in 
get yeah. a tour once a month. Well, I mean, I mean, like you said, if if he's there to represent all supporters, um, yeah, we make a case of only um, representing supporters club members. But even if you took that in terms of communication, surely it's been awful. A, yeah, a blanket email or or get on on Twitter, but that I mean, that seemingly hasn't happened. And what I found quite interesting in the resignation. Is is that he hadn't been to a board meeting last March? Um, yeah, but yet none of this was communicated to the people that absolutely had elected yeah. him, seemingly. So I, I, I yeah. don't really know what what was going on there. Obviously, Ken may have a, a different kind of view on that, and we, we're here that in we'll Saturday. find out Saturday, won't we? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, as, as someone who, who doesn't really know the politics and hasn't been involved in sports club, it just it doesn't seem to sit right. No, and also I think the thing that was came out today was that the sports club had been continually putting money into the football club since the takeover by the Arcadi family and have not received a single share in return. I think it's about 120 grand or something like that. Yeah, so they, yeah. So this yeah, is Jim, so Jim Chapel. So Jim today, they yeah. recording second of April. He he kind of weighed into all of this, and yeah, he says yeah, hundred and twenty thousand um, pounds yeah. of shares, and yeah, they they haven't received anything um, to verify that. Um, no, absolutely, yeah. So, so I so, mean, is the football club culpable? in any of this as well obviously there's a lot of finger pointing at at ken and and sports club maybe not being fit to purpose but if the, the club got something to answer for as well i think so yeah i think there is there is an element of that absolutely and you know that if they shouldn't be taking the money certainly not under um any pretense of have not issuing the correct shares to the sports club um i think as well I think one of the problems is that the supporters club was very very close to the old regime mm. um, yeah particularly Jeff Dunford and, and Nick Hicks and you know they there was lines of communications and obviously you know at the time and my, my personal feeling was that the club was kind of run a bit like a corner shop it had you know up until 2016 it kind of had that local club for local people feel quite mm. and bizarrely since 2016 we've done more in the community than we ever did before yet the overall feeling of the football club has lost that that kind of family club mentality I think mm. so yeah there's kind of you can run it professionally but you still want to keep a soul of what makes it special in the first place yeah, I mean, f from what I can gather, um, probably Jim Chapel has, has not been Wiles' b biggest fan or, or supporter, but it kind of seems like the, the way the criticisms have manifested themselves has kind of been kind of tit for tat as opposed to being kind of constructive, and it kind of... The, the communication hasn't hasn't been there to kind of say this is what we're going to do to try and r raise these concerns. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, the silence from Jim, especially, well, and Ken and Brian Seymour Smith at the time, 
when we got relegated to the conference, when we had that legal challenge with Sainsbury's and we're taking out virtual payday loans. Mm. You know, the silence was absolutely deafening. I, I mean, from, how, how dangerous was that for the club? I mean, the term Wonga loan gets banded about quite a lot in that situation. So, so that was kind yeah. of uh, us going down the legal route against Sainsbury's after they... they yeah. Out. What, what was the, the situation there? I don't think we were that far away from administration. I genuinely don't. I think, you know, without the Alcani family or another consortium coming in, we were probably a month away from being buried at the time. So we got to remember those things as well. But the supporters club backed the football club 100% at the time. Mm. Even though, you know, because they were more, and this is something else that's changed since 2016, there are no leaks anymore. Mm. Um, coming out of the boardroom, we're coming out from people employed there. There are no leaks. But people were aware how close the club was to go in certainly into administration mm. in 2016. Yeah, that, that, that's interesting. You, you mentioned the leaks. I, I don't tend to use the forums that much, mainly for my own sanity, but there's... I know exactly the feeling, but yeah. But there's definitely a few characters who are kind of called in the know, and they kind of yeah. come out with these tidbits of information so there was seemingly something going on where whether don't know who was doing it. I'm sure a few fingers could be pointed, but there was information yeah. being leaked to certain characters and that's how the information would get out there. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to say anything on that front, but definitely, you know, people knew what was going on. Um, there was a lot of a lot of grapevines going on in those days, shall we say? Mm. Um, probably up to two or three years ago, there were still grapevines going on, mm. but it doesn't seem to be there anymore. But the problem is, it's been replaced by silence. And I think as fans, I think we all get twitchy when there is no communication at all. Yeah, I mean, so, and if one thing we can actually say where the supports club stroke can and the football club could be better, certainly away from the playing side of things, is in the communications. Yeah, I mean, there was a report not that long ago, I, I forget what the report was in aid of, but we basically ranked as one of the, the lowest clubs in the Football League for communications. I mean, that's... Been... Yeah, the fan satisfaction survey, I think it was, wasn't that's, it? That's yeah. One. Um, but I, I know the kind of counter-argument to that from people in, in different power is confidentiality. How, how much do you buy that? Um, somewhat, but I think, yeah, let's take the stadium, for example. Um, under Nick Higgs, we kind of had an update. And yes, he stood in the field. It never happened. But we were aware. Mm. And, we knew what, and we knew what was going on. Um, but at the moment, and I think this is the worry of probably 90% of Gasset, is without that stadium... The mem is not is the mem as it stands. Yes, it's our ground, but is it fit for purpose anymore to to generate the income that the club needs? And I probably say no. So even if it's just we are, you know, 
a monthly update of where we are stadium wise or yeah. in terms of like we haven't found anywhere we're just still looking or the fruit market's a dead duck yeah who knows you know it's i mean or, you know my preferred choice would be to rebuild piecemeal at the men go back to the student flat option that was mooted about 12 years ago mm. I mean, but that is 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 getting um over the kind of residents kind of campaign groups. I know we had issues with that, but I mean, no, everyone, ev- yeah, no, I mean, no. I mean, I mean, everyone can see that um it, the infrastructure and off the field um ways of conducting business needs to improve. Yeah, i.e., new stadium, new training grounds. Yeah. Um, um we, we only have to look at the the accounts that absolutely. Now. I mean, yeah. it was dissected brilliantly by. Kira Maguire on, on this podcast and what t- 24 million pound worth of losses um, and I mean absolutely b- b- which being, is basically a loan to b- the family isn't b- it b- b- being propped up by the Alcardi family so yeah yeah w- w- without them we yeah could easily be kind of yeah facing administration extinction. absolutely yeah and you know we, we we're not I, I cast envious eyes across the river because we haven't got Steve Lansdowne um, you know, for for better or worse, that's how it is. But a lot of clubs are in that situation. Mm. Um, but it is a situation and where even clubs like Cheltenham Town, you know, generate off-field money. They have con- they they had Craig David concert, I think, last summer. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't cross the road to go and see Craig David personally, but it brings in money. Uh, the conferencing facilities, if we had it, that brings in money. Mm. And yeah, I absolutely get the local residents. But then the local residents were even more up in arms when a supermarket was going to get built there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're, we're kind of uh, it, damned if we do, damned if we Yeah, absolutely, do yeah. They, they didn't want the, the memorial being knocked down and, and all of that. So, I mean, kind of, where do we go from here then? So, I mean... Ken Masters has has resigned, so he's going to be no longer. What what do you see happening next? I think, to be honest, I think the share scheme's dead. I think it's with not just the Ken resignation, but the lack of shares coming through. um, And 30 grand a year over four years isn't a lot. You bear in mind that Wimbledon, just done a bond scheme to get their ground furnished when they mm. move in next year. And they raised five million in one month. Yeah. We we have doubled the fan base of Wimbledon, if not triple the fan base of Wimbledon. So if there's something there for us to aim at, we could we could do it easily. Yeah, well I mean but, there's some, something tangible with that. Yeah. I mean I don't know, I don't know yeah, why, yeah. I don't know why I would or any other person would pay into the share scheme in its current guise. No, absolutely not. And yeah, you just you just literally giving money to the club at the moment. Yeah. Um, which obviously we we, we all, all do in, in different Which we all ways, do in different but ways. But I mean yeah. if it's a shared scheme and there's nothing really kind of in return and but I mean if if we did do you see us managing to get um, a di- director from the sports club that could actually be more effective and, and make it worth it while? I honestly don't know. Um, I remember a friend years ago, a friend of mine is a Charlton fan from university. And I went to a game with him up at the Valley when they were Premier League. And they had 
the sports director there. And on every seat on the day I went was a prospectus for 12 people all fighting for that one supporters role. And it was voted for by season ticket holders Mm. rather than supporters club members. I think we need a supporters director. I don't think we need a supporters club director. Okay, so, uh, so so actually, come from any any fan of of the club any, that any, has to be a member of the sports club per se. It could be somebody who's in the executive box every week. It could be somebody who stands on the Thatcher's end. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned. I'm, but I mean, let's, to, to, let's have to somebody be, who's prepared to fight for us. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be truthfully honest, I I don't think I know many people part of the supporters club. I mean, uh, no people, people often just cite a reason of like a way they travel for, for being a, a sports club member. And that's kind of as, as far as it, it goes, really. Yeah, now the club's got all the merchandising back, um, which is why Tumar Hill went. Yeah, they sell the programmes, they sell the 50-50 tickets, they organise the away travel, and they got a little shop on the car park, haven't they? That's pretty much their remit now. So if we are going to have a fans director, I think, Personally, we need somebody, doesn't have to be a member of anything, but somebody who's competent and somebody who is prepared to put the yards in to communicate with everybody and not just have his own inner Mm. circle. I mean, in in light of this, um, I'm going to use a technical term, shit show with with (laughs) Ben, is is it a good time for change, for an idea, like you said, about an actual sports director or, or could you even see that change happening? It's easy sitting here I, I about it. honestly don't know. I think, you know, this is another problem at the moment. We've only got well and we've got Martin Starnes. Um, and they are the only two. I think, you know, we have a, a president and a chief executive basically. Certainly since, and don't forget with Ken, um, also the, the chairman went earlier this year, didn't they? Um, Hamer, Steve Hamer. So yes, I mean a lot of people saying Hamer and Ken Masters were were quite quite close. Do you know much about that situation? So I've heard. Um, yeah, there's that. Um, so is that all linked as well? We don't know. You know, we, we can speculate. Probably is, but I think we're going to have to be aware. That at the moment at Rovers, whether we like it or not, and I'm not necessarily saying I do like it, it's well show. And he calls the shots. What can we do? I personally think maybe not. Yes, a, a supporters director would be good, but I think we need to have somebody who's just going to stand up for the fans and be a voice of fans. Hmm. And that is where we need to and it's not going to be me doing it this time, definitely, but maybe a kind of independent supporters association getting formed at Rovers, similar to what happened at West Ham um, a few months back. And mm. they got 10,000 members within a month. Yeah. With what's going on with the Sullivans in Golds there. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've only got to look at the the trade union movement. I, I know you're a member. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. am I... I mean, we have yeah, the, the, the fan base there. If you collectivise and there's enough of you, 
then they've. I'm they, a big they, fan they, of collectivism. I mean, they they they've got to listen then. So I mean, I mean, it's, it obviously obviously takes organising, and, and yeah, that, absolutely, that's, that's going to be the key. I mean, obviously, most cast heads have, have got busy lives, so trying to organise yeah. around all that, but it, it can happen. But but will it happen? That that's the, the and that's that's another question altogether. I think those of us who were involved either with the gas trust or the originators of the share scheme, who are some of whom are my closest friends these days, bizarrely, but that's how we end up. You know, we have more in common than we ever did apart. We realised that fairly quickly. Mm. But, you know, our time has passed. Um, personally, I think we need somebody not known to anyone, not been involved in anything, to get this going. But is the will there? Mm. I, I, I I, I seriously doubt it. I think now, I personally think that we enjoy going to the games, but I think we enjoy it mostly as a social occasion these days. Mm. And we've never really had a history of activism at Rovers that a lot of other clubs have had. Yeah, I've been really struck by that actually, because I've, I've always thought of our fan base as being really passionate. And engaged, but actually, when you look at it in, in terms of like fan activism, it doesn't happen, does it? I mean, no. You've only got to look at the sports club; that they're, they're, they're not an activist group. Um, no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. No. So yeah, um, it'd be interesting to see if anything does change. But I mean, you're obviously a lot more experienced than me. You've kind of been there and and done it. And I mean, there's countless examples of people having their kind of fingers burnt and then their kind of love for the club kind of dwindles a little bit because of the, the politics. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got I've got many friends who are in that boat um, where they did get burnt by the politics and, you know, I'm lucky. I've, I took a bit of time away. I've come back. I'm back in the Western Enclosure. I enjoy myself and I just enjoy the games and the team. But I still want it to be as good a club as it could possibly be. And I don't, and we're not there. We're not there. And that's, you know, whether that's in the boardroom, on the pitch, but within the fan base as well. You know, we could be, collectively, we could be a very, very powerful voice. And I don't think with Jaszewski we've ever used that voice wisely. Okay, well, on that bombshell, Gary, um, it's been yeah. a pleasure dissecting, yeah, all of the the it's heavy, but sorry about that, and, yeah. and circus around this. Because I mean, no matter what side of the opinion you are on, I think most people can agree that it has been handled poorly, and it's it doesn't look well on on the club. So hopefully, we can get some more positive stuff happening. But as we said, we'll, we'll wait to see if that that happens indeed indeed you know who who knows there's a big unknown let's see where football is after we all come out of lockdown yeah yeah exactly (laughs) let's let's get that out of the way but um if 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 you did want to put put some money somewhere in a positive way yourself gary or, or listeners um we do run a patreon campaign so if you want to support the podcast um, I will do. We will, we yeah. will share a link for, for Patreon. It keeps us going, gets us the, the right equipment. Um, but yeah, Gary, once again, thank you for coming on. Um, as I said at the start of the show, That's Sports fine, Club were invited on, uh, but they'll be appearing with Jeff Twentyman on Saturday. 
I personally think we're better than him. Only joking, Jeff. Um, but yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening and up the gas. Yeah, take care of the gas. <laughs>